Chelsea fans, welcome back to another edition of the Live to Matthew Hart and Slam podcast. I'm your host, Shane Holcomb. Thomas Tuchel is now 12 games unbeaten as Blues boss. However, his judgment day is approaching. An encounter with Diego Simeone's discipline and experience at Letico Madrid's side in the second leg tie of the round of 16 Champions League knockout stage. Chelsea got the all-important away goal three weeks ago via another Olivier Giroud wonder strike at the Arena Nationale. And now we're on a mission to once more keep a clean sheet in the return fixture at Stamford Bridge Wednesday evening in the SW6 today to preview a massive second leg tie with Atletico Madrid. I'm so excited to welcome on to the podcast, Yunus, one of the original and one of the best Chelsea YouTubers and content creators out there. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today, man. How's everything going? No, no problem at all, man. Thank you for having me on. And I'm good. I'm good. I mean, um, in terms of us at the moment, I mean, what a weekend because... <laughs> I saw our game against Leeds and thought, oh, we've dropped points. This is going to look horrible. We've gained the point on everyone else now. So, yeah, we've got, we've escaped. We've escaped. So I'm happy. I'm good. I'm ready for Wednesday. <laughs> well, thank you once again, Eunice, for joining the podcast. It's great to be talking with another fantastic Chelsea creator. I don't think anyone can overstate how huge this game is for the club, right? Victory would put immense respect on her name and the manager, while defeat would raise some questions on Chelsea's continuous lack of a killer mentality that just hasn't been there for the past five years in the grandest competition in club football. And that's where I want to start because defeats of past Champions League round of 16 ties ever since 2014, Chelsea haven't advanced past this round, losing on away goals to PSG in 2015, and then on aggregate to PSG in 2016, as well as Barcelona in 2018, of course, along with Bayern Munich last season. So reminiscent on the Blues results in the round of 16 in the past few years, Eunice, has there been a consistent flaw in the game plan or a mistake Chelsea has made consistently during the games you've noticed that's kept us from reaching the quarterfinals? No, I think it's just instability that we've had because there's always been a change of manager. There's always been a different team. Players have been in and out, in and out a lot faster than it used to be. Remember when we were making the quarterfinals and the semifinals, especially the semifinals, that used to be the norm for us. Um, but that was done when we had a reliable and consistent team. You know, regardless of who the manager was, JT was playing, Lampard was playing, Didier was playing, Czech was playing, Essien was playing, Ashley Cole was playing. So um, that never changed. Over the last few years, we've had different managers and different players, and it's just been up, down, up, down, up, down. And now there's been a couple of years where we didn't even make the Champions League. So um, it's just instability. Whereas now... Um, even though we're still, weirdly enough, on that same cycle because we've just got a new manager in. But it seems like he's getting the best out of what he has. And now after that first leg against Atletico, you never know. You know, if we get past Atletico, we're down to the last eight, which is realistically where we belong, where we should be. It's been a while, so I'm happy we're back there. But it's showing the right signs. So first leg is obviously in our favour. Still half time technically. We've got Wednesday to come, which is going to be horrible because you know what it's like <laughs> when nerves kick in and it gets to that sort of level. It's really, really nervy. But um, we're on the right track. We're definitely on the right track. And if we can get some stability with Thomas Tuchel, absolutely no reason why we can't find ourselves back in the semi final, final like like we used to. I also think it's just the factor that our opponent's squad over the past couple years has just been better than ours, right? I mean, Barcelona and Bayern stick out, of course, in 2018 and 2019. Of course, last year, Frank yeah. Lampard 
first year manager at a big club, very young squad, transfer ban. And then Barcelona in 2018, the season where Antonio Conte fell out with the board. Team was very young. I remember, of course, that Andreas Christensen mistake at the home leg that really turned it around. Um, but I just think it's a lack of experience, right? I think that's what Thomas Tuchel brings to our side. He has that Champions League experience. He's taken PSG to the final, yeah. of course, last summer. He even took Borussia Dortmund to the quarterfinals four seasons ago. But I want to start off with your Champions League traditions because it's such a big competition and it's games that everyone looks forward to. So do you have any Champions League traditions or superstitions that pertain just to these kind of matches? Because like I said, these are the matches that you mentioned earlier, just how nervous we get before kickoff. Um, it's a good question because... Um, weirdly enough, I don't have any superstitions or any rituals or anything like that, but um, that feeling is different compared to a, a league match day or, you know, a league match evening or whatever. Champions League, when it gets to the knockout stage, I think the last 16 is that final hurdle. When you get over that and you get into the quarterfinals, you start to dream. And it, the stakes become a lot higher because you really start to believe maybe we can go on and win the whole thing, <laughs> you know? So um, I don't have any rituals or any um, superstitions, especially superstitions. I, um, when I was younger, I, I used to think, oh, maybe superstition. But now I'm just like, no, nah, look, whatever will be, will be. Um, you know, you, things you can't control. We're not there. We're not within the squad. We're not, you know, next to Tuchel. We can't make any decisions. We just have to wait and see what happens and hope it, it, it all works out. So um no, but I, for me personally, I get a lot more nervous Champions League knockout stage compared to any other competition. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Wednesday, but at the same time, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely going to be a very new record, especially considering what the game plan is kind of going to be. And that's what I want to get into next, because right before we bring up the game, we're super lucky to have the second leg at our home ground because a lot of these teams have had to play yeah. matches at neutral venues. At the same time, when it comes to these sort of games, we don't have any expectation mm. before, at least when, when we were talking about the sort of players we used to have, we knew what level we were at. Yep. We're going into this completely in the unknown. And that's what makes it even more nervy. Hence why Wednesday is going to be really, really nerve wracking. Yeah. And I think we should start with Thomas Tuchel versus Diego Simeone, because these are two top managers. Yeah. I think Chelsea will try to sit back, keep a clean sheet and maybe hit on the counter attack. But Diego Simeone is going to have to alter his approach of the first leg. He only had a 36% possession in Bucharest. Atletico have had two wins, two draws in La Liga since our last encounter, but their gap at the top of the table has shrinked. Real Madrid, Barcelona are closing in on them. So what are your thoughts specifically on this manager tactical matchup? Because Sione Milano has shown that before that he can change up his tactics really fast. Prime example, 2014, no-no at Atletico Madrid and come back to Stamford Bridge and they put three goals in the back of the net, including Diego Costa's penalty to seal the deal so what have been your thoughts on Diego Simeone's I guess history with Atletico Madrid but also what are you looking forward to in this tactical matchup because the managers their lineups that they put out are going to be very important to the outcome of this game yeah we have to remember Jorginho and Mason Mount are both yep. suspended so that's going to make life a little bit harder however we do have the players to step in it's going to be very interesting to see how Tuchel's going to approach it because we know how Simeone has to approach it. He hasn't got a choice. His team has to come out and try and score. There's no option. Bearing that in mind, when you look at the first leg and you look at that last 25, 20, 25 minutes, um, you know, after we'd scored and you saw that approach, which we're going to expect to see on Wednesday, happen. 
where Atletico thought, okay, we need to go out and score. And they started to look a little bit more attacking. But with us, we we were a bit 50-50. We had half of that, that last 25 minutes where we were reserved and trying to contain and we were defensively solid. But at the same time, we weren't afraid to try and go up and score even more or to keep hold of the ball or to maintain possession because what's your opponent going to do if they don't have the ball? You know, so I'm sure Tuchel is going to be looking at looking at it like that. It's very obvious that many are going to think, all right, we're just going to sit back. We're just going to do nothing and defend, defend, defend. Make sure we don't concede. But at the same time, it can apply where sometimes attack is your best form of defense. And if you know you can keep the ball away from your opponent and you're faster and more quicker than them, that can work in your favor. I think Tuchel will try to blend the two. I think Tuchel will try to keep us a little bit reserved and try and hit the counter-attack. But when we have possession, try and keep it as much as possible. I think it's a good shout too because I don't think Diego Simeone was going into that first leg thinking that he was going to have 35% possession, right? No. So going into that game with that sort of approach. But Chelsea really dominated that game with the ball. And that could be something that we still see on Wednesday Eve. And it's going to be interesting though, right? Because Jose Jimenez, of course, the 50 million pound rumor Chelsea interested center back. He's returned to fitness. Uh, he has a goal in the Champions League in the group stage, I believe. But also England international Kieran Trippier, five assists in La Liga in 2021, is no longer suspended. He probably will most likely start for Simeone Wednesday even on the right side of Los Chocneros defense. But I want to move into the Chelsea team news because we're still kind of awaiting Tuchel's pre-match presser. Diego Silva had a setback in training last Wednesday. He's back in a transition phase right now, according to the manager, not currently partaking in team training as of yeah. last week. Tame Abraham, he's still feeling that tackle from Burnley, interesting enough, not the tackle from Newcastle. He doesn't look 100% in training, Tuchel said. So we're still all, it's kind of a fluid situation because we don't have Tuchel's press conference yet. You mentioned Mason Mount and Jorginho, they're going to both miss out due to yellow card suspensions. But also, if Mateo Kovacic and Hakim Ziyech pick up a yellow card in the match Wednesday, and if we advance, both players will miss the first leg of the quarterfinal. But I want to start off with Mount because I don't think people realize how big of a blow this is to miss Mason Mount. He's the front runner for Chelsea's player of the season. Five goals, four assists in the Premier League, and a key assist in the Champions League group stage against Wren last November. Chelsea feed off Mount's intensity, and they look a different team when he's not on the pitch. Examples, Tuchel's first match against Wolves, and then, of course, that Barnes in the FA Cup game. That was just one of the worst football games I ever watched in my life. What are your thoughts on Mason Mount missing out on this tie? Because his leadership, but also his intensity, is going to be really missed in this crucial game at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be a big, a big miss. And I think we're lucky that we have Kovacic to rely on. Yeah. Um, you know, you could have other teams where if they miss a player like Mason Mount, they're in trouble. With us, we'll be okay. But it would have been nice to have someone with his intensity and especially with his, his ability to press and counter press, you know, in order to win the ball back or to cause Atletico to keep the ball in their half. No Mason Mount has a big impact when it comes to that. So yeah, he'll be a big loss. However, considering the circumstances and considering the fact that we're going to have to defend a lot more than we attack, I think, hopefully Kovacic and Kante can do a job. Because obviously with Jorginho suspended, it's going to be Kovacic, Kante, and then we're going to have to bring in... It's difficult to say who, whether it's going to be Havertz in that role of Mason Mount or whether it's going to be Ziesch, um coming in in that role, or even Pulisic. It's very difficult to say because... I think we'll be set up more on the counter-attack. Um, so possibly with Habits as a false nine, maybe Timo Werner up top to try and run in behind. Um, but in that number 10 or attacking midfield role that Mason Mount normally occupies, it's going to be, yeah, very hard to predict. So whoever's there, I hope has the same energy, has the same um, ability 
that Mason Mount brings. But yeah, it'll be a bit of a loss. It'll be a bit of a loss. And I think it's good that you bring up Mateo Kovacic because he's been a player that's been really brilliant for Chelsea in Europe over these past couple of seasons. I think even though we lost 3-0 mm-hmm. against Bayern Munich, I think he was really good in that first leg back at Stamford Bridge last February. And Angulo Conte, of course, is a great midfielder to have. So that pivot, too, wasn't going to change anyways. I think Jorginho probably wouldn't even made it into the 11 just because of our approach. Although Jorginho defensively is a very good player to have when they're not, Atletico Madrid aren't really pressing. I just I don't think that he would have started this game anyways just because of the ability of Mateo Kovacic mm. to defend but also impact the game going forward. But I also want to ask you that same question about Thiago Silva because though our defense has been sought over the past Premier League matches, Silva's array of Champions League experience would be greatly missed. Like, like we said earlier, not quite sure in his status right now, but he knows how to mentally win these games. I think that's a really important component of these games mentality-wise. So his threat from set pieces, I believe he scored two goals in the Premier League this season. And we can only pray if he, he's fit to start. If not, it's a career to find a game for Christensen in the middle of that back three. And it's this opportunity to cement his place in Chelsea's defense for the future. But what are your thoughts on Thiago Silva missing out in this game? Because if he does miss out due to injury, his experience in the Champions League is going to be greatly missed. That's the one advantage that he has is that experience. And especially from, you know, you look at PSG and where they got to and Thiago Silva was instrumental for that. But luckily, in a back three, Christensen has looked incredible. So I don't feel nervous in terms of Thiago Silva being absent when we have Christensen there to fill in. Because that back three of Aspie, Christensen, Rudiger have looked incredible. So far, incredible. And the proof is in the pudding. You know, we've only conceded um, two goals under Thomas Ducal so far. One of them was an own goal. Cheers, Rudiger, for that. Um, so, you know, it's worked in our favour. Christensen has been great. I trust him. Um, and in a back three, with the support of the other two centre-backs, I think it's not necessarily just Christensen, but it's the system that prevents a team like Atletico from scoring. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I, I, I would be worried normally, say if Christensen hadn't been playing and now we have to throw him in, I'd be a bit concerned because we know he's susceptible to mistakes and things like that. But the way he's been playing this season so far, Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So I'm not worried at all. It'll be a miss in terms of the psychological advantage, but it is what it is. I trust Christensen to do a job. I think it really shows that arc to just how far Christensen has come, even in this season, right? Because, yeah. of course, back in September, he gets that terrible red card against Liverpool uh, before halftime. He kind of falls out of the friend with Frank Lampard. We were all kind of surprised when he did play that one Champions League game. I believe it was at Krasnodar away. But Antonio Rudiger and Christensen and Aspicueta have been a great partnership. That's what I kind of want to transition into because a lot of people, of course, and rightly so, they've, they've been putting a lot of praise on Antonio Rudiger's name and Andreas Christensen's name. But I want to put a little bit more praise on our club captain, Cesar Aspicueta's name, because he's been absolutely immense to our success at that right center back role. He's going to bring the leadership on the pitch even without Thiago Silva. He's so underappreciated. I think he's one of the best yeah. captains in Europe, and he's revived that role that he had under Antonio Conte from 2016 to 2018. Defensively, still doing it at the highest level. He's not afraid to make the difficult tackle. And he's overlapped with the right wing backs brilliant so far in that 3-4-2-1 system. Of course, scored the first goal under Thomas Duo against Burnley, running the length of the pitch. So a lot of attention has been focused on Christensen's and Rudy Gerstrom performances of late, and rightly so. However, Aspie always steps up to the plate. He always gives 100% every match. And after being out of the fray late on in Frank Lampard's tenure using a conventional back four, per usual, Davis answered the call 
over the past two months with authority. And Tuchel can't say enough good things about him, Eunice. So your thoughts on our club captain who's played every minute in the league under Tuchel thus far, and it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. No, and, um, you know, that was an instrumental piece as to Thomas Tuchel's plans when he first came in. He said that he has to include the club captain. That's just logical because he's the club captain. Unlike under Frank, we were seeing Aspi not feature as much, even though he is the club captain. And we saw the armband go to someone else. But Tuchel was someone that has always said for someone with such leadership, he needs to feature in the 11. And the system, especially in the back three, suits him so much. As a right centre-back, that is the best role for Aspilicueta in terms of where he is in his career right now. He's able to still use his defensive qualities, which we know he's outstanding. You know, the way he gets stuck in, he likes to put his body on the line. He's always accurate with his tackles. In between a traditional centre-back and a fullback, it suits him for exactly where he is at the moment. And he's been brilliant. Yeah, he's been brilliant, especially alongside Christensen, Rudiger, and those three all supporting each other which kind of takes the stress off all of them at the same time, rather than a conventional back two with, with fullbacks. Alongside that, his leadership skills and what we know he brings in as a captain, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And you're right, he, should, he does deserve more praise because he's been super consistent, super consistent. So again, going back to that Thiago Silva point, if you're looking in terms of lacking experience and some leadership, well, we're lucky we've got Asby right there who will be playing. So, you know, we're not lacking experience and leadership like like we would be if we only had Thiago Silva, which is lucky to have. I think also, and I talked a little bit about this in previous pods, but communication was something that we really struggled with under Frank Lampard, especially late on in his tenure. And I think it's a big yeah. contribute, a big contribution to our success is as for the Quetz's communication on the pitch, right? He's invaluable for Chelsea to have in big champions of the games like we have on their schedule Wednesday evening. Now I want to transition into a segment I love. It's called the One Football Stats segment. I recommend you download the app. I've got it for perhaps a couple of months, but I've absolutely loved it because it provides us with these awesome facts before the matches. In our history in European competition, Chelsea have never been eliminated into a two-legged knockout tie after winning the first leg away from home. Away from home is the key. They've progressed from all 13. However, Atletico Madrid have a 50% progression rate in the European Cup slash for Champions League after losing the first leg of knockout ties most previously against Bayern Leverkusen in the round of 16 in 2014-2015. Brought up earlier, the goal scorer in Bucalest, Olivier Giroud, is averaging a goal every 38 minutes in the Champions League this season. It's the best ratio in a season of any player to play at least 200 minutes that season in the competition's history. It's the best in a European Cup since Tan Lenker in 1979-80, who netted one goal every 34 minutes for Ajax. Aged 34 years and 146 days, Chelsea's Olivier Giroud did become the older score scorer in UEFA Champions League knockout match in the first leg against Atletico Madrid. Should he score in the second leg, he will be the oldest player to score in both legs of a Champions League knockout tie, 34 years and 168 days. The current oldest is Zlatan Ibrahimovic versus Chelsea in 2015-2016 for PSG in the last 16. He was 34 years and 158 days. So Olivier Giroud, he keeps on racking up these records. And that's where I want to transition into now is our lineup because Olivier Giroud, he was plugged in against Atletico Madrid a couple of weeks ago, and he was absolutely brilliant. Of course, he held up play nicely. Didn't have the best game going forward, but provided that one special moment that it takes for us to get the away goal. But I want to start out with our defense because we're talked about how we're probably not going to have Thiago Silva. So would you stick with yeah. that same back three? Of course, Edward Mendy, Aspilicueta, Andreas Christensen, Rudiger. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's the most consistent. It's the one that's worked for many, many games now. And right now against Atletico, a top, top team, mm. we need that consistency. So, yeah, I would stick with Mendy and then Aspi, Christensen, Rudiger. I think this is where it gets kind of shaky, right? Because combining the wingbacks with the midfield, we talked about how Jorginho won't be in this double six. So Conte and Kovacic, it's interesting because Tuchel is kind of already somewhat said a little quietly that Kovacic is going to be starting this game. So it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Conte and Kovacic. I'd go for Reese James, but also I'd go for Ben Chua because defensively solid wise, I think Leonard McQuadrid are, like you said, they're going to be going to the bridge a little bit more attacking. They know they had to get a goal. And while Marcus Alonso was great going forward, he has some shaky moments going back. And I think although he did have a decent game against Madrid the first leg, Madrid weren't pressing him at all. And we know what happens to Marcus Alonso if he's pressed on the win. So I think even though Chua got, I think it was unfair criticism after that Leeds United game, I think he's going to start once again at that left wingback role with Reese James. So what are your thoughts on this midfield but also the win backs because defensively wise, we're going to have to keep Atletico Madrid from scoring a goal. I mean, yeah, um, there is the, obviously the Conte, um, the Kante and Kovacic partnership in the double pivot, which will happen. That's, you know, blatant. So I'm fully expecting to see that. But in terms of the wing backs, yeah, I think Reese James will be the one to be playing at right wing back, especially as we're going to be, I predict, um, lined up a little bit more defensively minded. Um, and at left wing back, I see your point. Obviously, I would prefer Ben Chilwell, um, but I would prefer Ben Chilwell just because I see, you know, defensively, we know that he can get stuck in. He's faster than Alonso and he's a little bit more reliable, as you've, as you've mentioned. That's not to take anything away, though, from Marcos Alonso. This season, we know he's susceptible to mistakes. We know defensively if he's pressed and he panics and whatnot. But this season, we haven't seen any of that. He's actually been quite good. So <laughs> when it comes down to the lineup, and we know that Alonso going forward is probably a little bit more dangerous than, than Ben Chilwell. If Tuchel were to go over Alonso, I'm not complaining because I think the system benefits him as well as a wingback. I think the system benefits him. If we are defending, we're defending with five. We're not defending with four. So, plus with Kante and Kovacic there to help. So, I think it can help Alonso and cover him just in case if he does make a mistake. But I do expect Chilwell to start. So, yeah, I would go Chilwell left wing back, Reese James right wing back. I think Marcus Alonso's playing time in this game depends on what Tuchel goes with for a right wing back, right? Because I think if Reese James plays on that right-hand side, you mentioned how defensively prowess Conte and Kovacic are, but Reese James provides solidity. We know that he can get forward, but he can also get yeah. back as well. So I think that's why you could see, I wouldn't be surprised to see Marcus Alonso just because I think we do have so much st stability in that back three and Alonso is an outlet to get forward. So I wouldn't be complaining, but to end off in my prediction, I would start coming on to the door on the left-hand side because at right wing back, he's, it's still a role that he's learning, right? In a big tie like this, I'm not too sure that I want him to be playing there. He played decent against Atletico Madrid. I believe he did play right wing back a couple of weeks ago in that yeah. picture. But I'd love to see him play from that left number 10 slot because against Everton, he was so dynamic right there. And then I'd partner him with Olivier Giroud, of course, scoring a goal every 38 minutes in the Champions League this season. Absolutely berserk. And then I'd play Kai Havertz as that right number 10 role. So who would you want to see in attack? come Wednesday even an hour before kickoff? Um, I mean, I predict we're not going to go with two strikers for because obviously we do sometimes go over 3-4-1-2 or like we started off with a 3-4-2-1. 
Um, and with Mason Mount missing, I think we're going to compensate with the fact that we don't need to send two strikers up top because we're already 1-0 up in the tie. Um, I would predict possibly a Kai Havertz false nine. So him up top and then Justin behind Callum Hudson-Odoi. And then it's tough whether it's going to be Pulisic or it's going to be Hakim Ziyech. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to call. Personally, I think Tuchel might go with a little bit more physicality. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Pulisic and Callum Hudson-Odoi, regardless of where they start on the left or the right-hand side of that number 10. But I think Pulisic and Callum Hudson-Odoi with Kai Havertz up top. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Timo Werner start. Because if Atletico are having to come at us, and if they are going to be playing with a little bit more of a higher line than they normally do conventionally, it's the perfect circumstance to send a long ball into Timo Werner who will run in behind because that's how he likes to play. So, you know, you also have to think of instead of just defending, 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 if we do get that first goal, well, Atletico have to score two now, not just one. <laughs> so it, it can work in our favour if we do get that first goal, especially playing at home. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Timo Werner. However, with how Havertz has been playing the last couple of games, I reckon Kai Havertz as a false nine and then Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi just in behind. Interesting, because I think that's an area that we're going to be missed for Jorginho, right? Because he's shown that he can put those long balls over the top in the midfield. And if Timo Werner's playing, that might be a miss. At the same time, I think that, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Alonso who put the ball over the top to Kalam Hudson-Odoi for that Kai Havertz goal um, against Everton. So he can do that, but we've got to miss Jorginho for that part of fans if Timo Werner starts. It's a good shot for him. My only concern with Werner is can he finish those opportunities, right? Because this is the tie that we're going to have to finish yeah. those opportunities consistently, which is why Giroud's a slow player, but in my mind, he takes his opportunities. He's a threat from set pieces, along with Kai Havertz. Absolutely. Too. I, mean, I think Havertz and Giroud can easily play with one another. So I think it's... Thomas Tuchel has an array of attackers that at his disposal, and that's a great problem to have, right? So we have all these strikers who have who can do different things very well. So it's going to be interesting to see what he goes with in the attack. Before we end the episode, I want to get into our prediction, but also for bold prediction from you. I'm going to go with one Nell, just because of the fact that I think Atletico Madrid are going to be solid. I don't think they're going to want us to score many goals. I think we're going to be able to solve going forward, though, because I think our back three has been very solid of late. My bold prediction is a Chelsea defender will score from open play to get the goal. What's your prediction? But also give us a little bit of a bold prediction for the match. I mean, yeah, that's it. Imagine that. Who's going to score? Rudiger James, yeah. <laughs> from open play. <laughs> um, <laughs> dribble down the flanks. It, it, you never a... know. <laughs> Hey, exactly. You never know. You never know. Um, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one because I want to say we're not going to concede. Mm. I, I want to say that, especially playing at home with how solid we were away. Um, but considering how, you know, we haven't had, we've had lack of potency up top. Up top, we haven't been <laughs> clinical whatsoever. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had another nil-nil like we saw against Leeds. Um I think the circumstances that we had against Leeds are going to be quite similar to what we're going to face against Atletico, although I don't think Atletico moved the ball as well as Leeds can um, in terms of going up offensively. But they have the threats. I think defensively, though, in a back three, we'll be okay. So I want to say, and I don't want to get too confident because when I do, it always goes wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to go, I'm going to go nil-nil. 
and we go through. <laughs> okay, well, it's it's tough, right? Because I just I don't see a goal in this attack right now. And I think there could be an opportunity for a wing back like Marcus Alonso or Reese James because we've seen them get in those areas inside the box of late. So it's going to be interesting to see because we know how solid Atletico Madrid are defensively. They played nine at the back, it seems like, in Bucharest a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're not going to be able to do that yeah. at Stamford Bridge. But there's going to be periods of the game that they're going to be defensively solid. And they're going to be playing. You can't even call it a low block. It's like a submarine block down in the box. So it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. It's one of our biggest games in the past five years, probably, just because of the Champions League magnitude. Easy. Money-wise, Roman Abramovich-wise, Thomas Tuchel-wise, this is where he can put a stamp for Chelsea fandom. In Champions League-wise, this is where you're recognized around the world. This is where you put your stamp on the club and how great you are worldwide. And it's just not against the Premier League teams, but going up against a giant like Atletico Madrid, it was kind of tough getting them in the draw because this is probably the toughest opponent we had to face. But I think we can get the job done. So... Rick, before the end of the episode, Eunice, your confidence in this game. I know we've talked a little bit about our emotions going into this game. We're a little bit nervous just because it is a humongous Champions League, but also it's a knockout second leg, like not just the first leg. Like this could be our season in the Champions League defined. So what are your emotions going into this game and how confident are you in Thomas Tuchel to get the job done Wednesday evening? I am I'm confident in the aspect that we will get the job done. Um, I'm a lot more confident than I was like a few months ago, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I can sense that there's a plan there. There is um, good work happening amongst the team, amongst what Tuchel's trying to do with these lads, and they're responding, all of them responding really, really well. So, um, yeah, absolutely, I am confident in terms of that we can get a job done, especially at home. Um, I think the circumstances of the game suits us now because we're one that up. We have the advantage we just have to be disciplined. And this is going to, as you said, it's going to define our season in the Champions League, but it's also going to be the biggest test mentally for some of these lads who have never been in this situation before. You can say Aspilicueta has been here before. Um, maybe Marcos Alonso, kind of. <laughs> but apart from that, it's new territory. It's new territory for many of these lads. Um, so if we get past Atletico and we get to the quarterfinals, that's going to be a huge mental boost for them. And like I've been saying, if we do get past Atletico and we end up in the quarterfinals, dare I say we can begin to dream because it's starting to get there. It's starting to get close. And we've seen it happen before. So why not? <laughs> why not? The shivers are definitely going to be there for all Chelsea fans before kickoff come Wednesday evening. Real quick before the end of the episode. Oh, Eunice, oh, big time. Where can my audience find you on YouTube because you're producing such great content nowadays? Thank you so much. Now, thank you. Um, you can find me on Eunice Talks Football on YouTube. Um, on Twitter, it's Eunice HH. And likewise for my Insta as well. But yeah, all Chelsea-related um, content and football in general as well on my channel. Um, and bring on Wednesday. As nervy as it's going to be, bring it on. <laughs> you and thank you for having Wednesday me on. Then. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Watch along okay. as usual. That's going to be the most tense watch along I think I've ever done. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Interesting. Well, right now, Chelsea fans, I implore you guys to stop the episode and go give Eunice a subscription on YouTube because his channel is absolutely brilliant. He was one of the original Chelsea YouTubers, and it's really cool to see all the media people that are out there right now. But he's doing such a brilliant job. Once again, I implore you guys to go check out his channel because he does awesome, awesome content. Check into his watch line, see how 
his heart rate is come Wednesday evening. Um, but once again, <laughs> as <laughs> always, yeah, <laughs> you can find the podcast at Laugh for Matthew Harden Podcast Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Shane Hookham 13. Like you mentioned, that Leeds United game, maybe tactically it was somewhat of a rehears- rehearsal for this game. Defensively wise, we shall see. You can give a podcast the five-star rating and review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. Let's pray for a result. Let's pray that we can get through to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2013-2014 season. There's going to be a recap pod post-match in the coming days with a pretty awesome guest in the Chelsea journalist industry. But until next time, Chelsea fans, stay safe and up the Chelsea.